Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'd like to welcome you to the third video in our series on the Forgotten Ones, Singles in the Church. In the first video, we talked about where we are in the church with singles. In the second one, we, we talked about where we should be. And in this one, we're going to talk about how to get there, how to get to where we should be. And my guest is Elizabeth Woodson. Elizabeth works at the Village Church. She is an associate uh, minister in their institute, which does the training and equipping for their church body. And she worked as the Singles Life um, minister mm-hmm. at, at Oak Cliff Bible Church previously, so she has a lot of experience in loving on and yeah. serving and equipping yeah. single people. So I appreciate your joining us, Elizabeth. You can read more about Elizabeth on our website under our resources um, and find out more details about Elizabeth or how to contact her if you'd like to do that. Elizabeth, we have talked about these other things, some things, um, teaching and ideas that are prevalent in the church that are not necessarily helpful nor biblical, but where we should be, what the Bible really teaches about the purpose of singles, the purpose of all people is, is really the same, to love and serve Him. And today we're going to talk about how to get there. And I know that as working in women's ministry for years and years, it used to be that many other women working in women's ministry would say, well, singles just don't want to come to our stuff. And as I listened and investigated a little harder to find out maybe why, mm-hmm. it was because they talked about all, all the illustrations were about husbands and children. Uh, there was really no recognition of the needs that singles have. They weren't necessarily included in the stories, in the, in the conversation, even sometimes in the questions yeah. that the discussion yeah. groups found. Yeah. And so what would you say, and, and I know that long ago, I'm not talking about so long ago, but long, long ago, almost everybody in the church was married. So how have those demographics really changed that have affected those kinds of ministries or really the ministry of the whole church? I mean, what we see is about 50% of the general population is single um, and that has grown from years ago and is growing. And so I don't think we're gonna see um, a shift back to a majority of the church being married. I think we're gonna see a shift to the majority of the church being single. Um, People are getting married later, um, especially our younger folks and so how does a church engage uh, an area of need that they might not be aware of or comfortable with? And so I think a lot of what you said are a lot of the reasons why I've heard singles not wanting to be engaged in certain spaces because they just feel like they're not represented, that my story isn't here. I can't find myself in the sermon. I can't find myself in these discussion questions that the activities we're doing, they don't relate to me. And so I think one of the biggest things we can do is just represent singles, um, whether that is in leadership and be amazed when you have a single person at the table, how things change and how we view a sermon series or how we view programming that we're gonna do or events that we're gonna do um, because they're talking from an experience of they've walked in those shoes. And so I think it's used as small things of using sermon illustrations, the small things of having just single people that they can see 
So someone, whether they're giving the announcements, whether they're singing, um, even for our churches, having a single pastor get up and speak. Um, and for people to be able to hear a single person give the word is hugely encouraging. Um, as much as we love to hear illustrations about women, let's hear some illustrations about single people too in scripture and that are not placed in these um, faulty ideas we have about marriage, but in place of, hey, this single person was on fire for the Lord and they're making major impact. And then that encourages someone to realize I'm not broken. Nothing's wrong with me. That could be my life. It encourages them to run fast after the Lord. So I think representation is a huge key and having singles present in the decisions that get made for how do we love people at our church. And so when singles are at the table or have an opportunity for the voice to be brought to the table, then you'll see changes made because their opinions and values and the things that they need will rise to the surface. And it helps the whole church staff be more aware that they're there because they're hearing it from them exactly. on a consistent basis. Exactly. Now I know that singles, I mean, my mother was single for 30 years, yeah. 60, to 90. Yeah. So I know the age <laughs> of singles is not what we used to think of. Yeah. Well, just in their early mm-hmm. 20s, people are single, then they get married, exactly. and we don't even think of older people as being yeah. single necessarily. Yeah. So how do you meet the needs of all those yeah. people in the church? Yeah. You're right, Kay. The story of singleness is not monolithic. And so you'll have singles who will be just graduated from college, and you'll have singles. Again, when I was at Oak Cliff, I had singles who were in their 70s and 80s and saying, we want ministry. We want community. I think the first thing, again, is recognizing the diversity of story and experience. So you have the different generations um, and your younger generation might have a little bit hard time attaching themselves to the word single than maybe some of your older singles. And so kind of dealing with, again, what are the needs? What are um, these people going through? You have your younger singles who are just trying to acclimate to adulthood. They're trying to figure out what life is like. They're trying to get jobs, move out of their parents' house. That's a much different experience in your 30s and your 40s who might have children. So divorce is also a big thing. People are single for different reasons. They're single, never married. People are divorced. They're widow, widowers. And so how do we speak to those different needs in the communities that we provide for our singles and recognize that the needs of my 20-year-olds are not the same as the needs of my older singles and to give space and respect for that. And that's okay. Um, And so at Oak Cliff, what I would do is create different environments for these people to be in community with one another. Community is huge for singles because, again, we don't necessarily have nuclear family. We don't necessarily have a place to automatically plug in. And so we're looking to be in community with other people who are walking in season like we are. And so I believe that intergenerational community is necessary and really important. And so those are the spaces a church might have to be super intentional and saying, hey, we're going to bring our young folks together with our older singles because everybody can learn from one another. But within that, creating opportunities for my 20s and my 30s to get together because they have a unique experience. And some of my 30s and 40s and 50s to get together and some of my older singles to get together because we want to be able to give space for someone to just have commonality. That I'm sharing a story with someone who understands what it's like to be in this season. um, And that's really important. And so I think it's just recognizing you have different generations, giving space for those different generations to be together but also recognizing that those generations can learn from one another too. And so bringing everybody together, which might have to be intentional because we don't necessarily do that on our own, but it's super important for that to happen. And I love that because I think that's true of the whole church, not just singles, because we need to be learning from one another. We need to be interacting with one another. And it's not as comfortable as being with people your own age who probably have a lot of your same perspective on things. 
In fact, it can be very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. to be with somebody of a different age yeah. who has a different perspective yeah. on things. Yeah. But it's but it's it's really crucial it to is. me if we're going to be unified as mm -hmm. churches and as a church body, and if we're going to be brothers and sisters who speak into each other's lives, we need perspectives outside of our own generation, exactly. don't exactly. we? Yes, we do. <laughs> um, what should be the goal of singleness in the church? The goal should always be discipleship. Um, and so I think marriage is not a bad desire. And so I think sometimes we can have this pendulum of extremes that you have people, a lot of your singles will desire to get married. And so we cultivate that. We speak hope into that. We pray with people. But I always tell people, hold your hands open to what God's going to give you. And then I desire what God has for me more than I desire what I want for myself. And so at the end of the day, the goal has been and will always be building the kingdom of God, discipleship. How do we share the truth of who Christ is to a world that needs him? Um, and so creating spaces for singles to connect in community, again, that's huge. But we're not connecting so I can meet my Boaz and someone can find their Ruth. I'm um, connecting so I can find like-minded people to run alongside for the kingdom. And God might bless me to find my spouse in that space. But if he doesn't, it's still okay because the life he has for me is rich and good. And I think if we can constantly keep bringing people back to biblical truths as we're in community with one another, singles in community with singles, and the singles in community with marrieds, that we can have a really great time in the church. Uh, it sounds ideal. It, <laughs> yeah. sounds, it sounds like what God would want, yeah. Yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I so appreciate your sharing all of this with us. And I would just encourage you out there, whatever your place in the church is, if you're a volunteer, if you're a staff member, if you're a leader, to consider how you can help bring this dream to reality, God's dream of a unified church of all ages and of all seasons of life, singles and married and so forth. So I would just really encourage you with that. And Elizabeth, thank you again. And I hope that you'll go back and watch all the videos if you have not seen the first two, because that will really help build the foundation for what Elizabeth just told you. But I would encourage you to make some steps yourself and just reaching out to people who are in a different season than you. If you're single, yeah. reach out to some married people. And if you're married, yeah. reach out to some singles yeah. and see if you can't speak up in your church about ways that things could be um, more unified there. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.